I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. entire podcast is named Along the Camino. And now here is the specific story titled Along the Camino. It's not necessarily the best story or my favorite, but it is the one where things start to get interesting. So Along the Camino. This story is called Along the Camino. My prayer for holy imagination was indeed answered. It was answered in the most unexpected way. Sometimes, and I never knew when and didn't ask how, Jesus would show up along the Camino. A few years ago, I was driving solo back from Taylor University in Indiana. My friend started a dance group there, and they were performing an original piece I choreographed, inspired by the passion of Jesus. An effective dancer, like other athletes, must connect with the movement, not just in the body, but also in the mind. A dancer imagines what a full extension looks like, what a dramatic contraction feels like, what muscles a lift or a leap will involve before and during actually performing it. There's a connection between what dancers see internally and do externally. It's an interplay of imagination and physical reality. Now just hold that thought and come back to the car trip home from Indiana. As I drove, I listened to an audiobook about Joan of Arc. I was so enthralled by it that I drove almost four hours without realizing it. My body was in that car driving through Indiana, but my mind and heart were somewhere in France. The story and details so captivated me that I could see every bloody battle right there off to the sides of the freeway. I was simultaneously in my car and on the battlefield. It begs the question, could I really be in two different places at the same time? Yet it didn't seem like two places at all. I didn't feel tension between the two or like I had to focus on the freeway and then back at France. It was all seamlessly together right there. It wasn't that I had been in two different realities. It was that they had found a way to coexist. As I walked along the Camino, my brain settled down, creating the space for my imagination to grow. I knew from experience that my imagination left to its own devices would take me down some fruitless paths. So I prayed for something I call holy imagination, imagination that God is in charge of. Along the Camino, I prayed, I walked, I waited, And sure enough, my prayer was answered. At some point, I noticed a man walking in front of me. His clothes were a bit on the baggy side, and he had an old brown backpack on his back. The pack was so small compared to most pilgrims that I wondered what he could actually fit in it, but more so what he felt he didn't need to fit in it. His gait was strong but slow. Well, not exactly slow, more like not in a hurry, and also the journey is my destination kind of pace. I could have quickly overtaken him and passed, but some kind of magnetic force held me right there, 
where I was, like a planet in perfect orbit around its sun. So I walked quietly in his gravity, drawn irresistibly to him, and yet reverently holding the space. He whistled for most of the time I walked near him. I think he knew I was there, but neither of us wanted to break the moment. He seemed content just to walk. As we walked in sweet silence, maybe it was just me, but the landscape seemed to become more vibrant when we walked by. The smells were more distinct, the colors clearer and stronger. Even the animals seemed to be more animalish. Wait, what am I saying? Yet it was true. I wish you could have been there. The sheep were more sheepish. The birds flew a little more regally. The cows mooed with more meaning. I even stood up straighter, listening more intently, noticed my surroundings in more detail, and breathed deeper. As I walked along, creature that I am, I even felt more me-ish when I was near him. In fact, yes, it was like everything woke up a little more in his presence. Could it be? Almost imperceptibly, the distance was growing between us. Sometimes he would round a bend, and I wouldn't see him until I came around myself, and there he would be. But then finally, when I stopped to look at some purple and yellow wildflowers growing along the Camino, I looked and he was gone. Knowing he was somewhere up ahead put my heart at ease. Could it be? The following day, I came upon a group of people gathered around someone. I approached and saw that a lady named Martha had tripped and her ankle was swelling quickly. Her friend was helping her up. I introduced myself and picked up her pack. Luckily, we were close enough to the next town that we could help her there, but I wondered if she would recover enough to continue on her pilgrimage. On our way into town, my heart leapt as I recognized a small brown pack by the side of the road. Off to the side by a fountain, sure enough, he was talking intently with a woman. I guessed she lived in this town as she was not dressed for a pilgrimage. She was giving him some water out of the clay pitcher she had brought. As I watched, I quickly realized they were not just shooting the breeze. Every now and then, as she would stand up abruptly, like she, like he had said something to offend her. But then, as the man kept talking, she would ease back down, never taking her tear-filled eyes off of him. Who was this man? I stood there mesmerized until a group walked by, wishing me buen camino. I remembered Martha... And then had the idea that maybe he could help her. I was a little embarrassed when just then he turned toward me, smiled and nodded. I guess that was a yes. Yet I didn't see him that night and even stalled leaving the next morning, hoping I might walk with him. Finally, I decided I should get going. It's a strange sensation knowing that the person you are looking for is most likely on the Camino yet not knowing if they are ahead or behind you. So you just have to trust the timing and if or when you will see someone again. I was passing a little picnic area when I saw Martha, the lady who was injured yesterday. She walked smoothly with no apparent pain in her ankle and was even carrying her own pack. She saw me and motioned for me to come walk with her. I began to ask her how her ankle was, but, she, but was stopped short by her smile. Martha was beaming. It was him, she said, with tears of joy welling up in her eyes. Who? I asked. Have you ever been in a situation where you are hoping to hear a certain answer while simultaneously hoping you will not hear that answer? That's me at this moment. 
I longed for her to answer that she had met Jesus because that would be the most wonderful answer that I could hope for. Two days earlier, I had a hunch, a secret longing that that man I followed along the way was Jesus, but it stopped myself because one, how could that be? And two, it felt like it was too much to hope for. I have wanted to meet him in person my whole life. On the other hand, if she said it was Jesus, like I said, I have wanted to meet him my whole life, yet at the thought of it really happening, I feel like a deer in headlights. But what the heck? Could it really be? Could I believe it was really him? I would have to suspend the judgment that logic demands because logically, it's the 21st century in modern day Spain. How could Jesus be here? But it was just like that day when I was driving on the Indiana freeway in the early 2000s, yet also was impossibly on the battlefields of France in the early 1400s. There's a category of reality where things that seem impossibly really happen. It's just rare for us to see it in our modern state of mind. I'm reminded of the miracles Jesus shared when he walked the earth. They say that on the Camino de Santiago, the space between heaven and earth is thin. Maybe we should add that here, holy imagination is thick, where you just might find yourself in the midst of the impossibly possible. And just a few days later, like this was somehow normal, I'm walking along the Camino with Jesus, me, Martha, and you got it, Jesus. We came to a rock wall that was blessedly nestled in the shade of a massive tree and decided to rest. Martha sits on the wall and Jesus kneels down in front of her, offering to massage her still tender ankle. I sit facing them on a patch of grass a few yards away. It's so nice here that we decide to have lunch and share our food. I'm embarrassed because the only food I have is some that I gleaned from the breakfast provided where I stayed last night, which is kind of a no-no. I apologize, but Martha and Jesus don't seem to mind, and we bless the food and take it in as the gift it is. We are sitting under a massive gnarled tree. I had heard that there are some trees along the Camino that are over 2,000 years old. This one seemed to fit the bill. As the sun moves west, slowly but surely, the shade shifts. And as the sun is still very hot, every few minutes, I also scoot a little closer to the wall where Martha and Jesus are sitting. Soon I have scooted into the spot between them and lean with my back against the wall. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, and he points up to that ancient tree, which has been giving us shade and says, it's kind of like the kingdom of heaven giving shade to those who will find respite under it. One of the many stray kittens along the way wanders up and sniffs the wrapper hanging out of my backpack. She fishes around with her paw to see what she can find, but gets her claw stuck in the mesh of it. She gives a little mew, and without pausing a story, Jesus reaches down and gingerly frees the kitten and hands her to me. And now he's talking about becoming like little children. I rest my head on his knee, Martha and the kitty and I, there with Jesus, like we're in the kingdom of heaven, under the shade of this 2,000-year-old tree along the Camino. Mm -hmm.